All right, we're live. Here we are again for our, one of our 76 Capital Leadership Series events. Really excited tonight to welcome the president and co-founder of Shot Tracker, Davion Ross, to our 76 Capital Leadership Series. Davion, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. You know what? It's it's great to have you, and it's been it's been really exciting for with for us at seventy six Capital and my whole team, John and Chad and 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 James and Scott and Krista and and Crystal. I mean, we've we've been really enjoying these series. This is actually our sixth one that we've done so far. So welcome to the team. And uh, you know, we've talked to CJ at Diamond Kinetics. We've talked with Matt Holt at US Integrity. We've talked with Tal Brody. We went live to went over to Israel to meet and talk with the Michael Jordan of Israeli basketball. We had, you know, Ari Evans from Maestro. And earlier this week, we had Brian Musburger before the draft. I'm saying earlier last week, I should say. These these days keep running all in together. We'll talk about that in a second. Brian is the, is the CEO of VEASAN, and he came on and talked about, right before the draft, all the different betting implement, impl implications that were going on with, with um, the, the draft. And that was really interesting, as well as, well as telling the story of VEASAN. And that's what we're going to do tonight You know, with the co-founder and, and president of Shot Tracker, Davion Ross. We want to hear your story. We want to hear about all the things that you've done in your life to get you where you are. And so before we get started, I'll, I'll just I'll read a little bit of your bio um, just to touch to give, a, give some people a little bit of context. And then I really want to hear it, hear it from you. I mean, Davion's been in the business world and the technology world for over 20 years now. As, as I said earlier, he's the co-founder and president of Shot Tracker. And what Shot Tracker is, is a sensor based technology that provides statistics and analytics in for practice and games in basketball. And Davion will really go into all of that and explain that. Um, Davion's been involved in another company that he, he sold. He worked for, um, you know, prior to, prior to starting his, his last company, um, he worked for two different companies, one of which was Sprint. And I wanna hear also about your background of, of how you got here to the, came here to the US, as well as, Hearing about you know how how, how that all worked and, and growing up in in, in Trinidad, so um, just uh, really really excited to to have you uh, on the show. And uh, Davion, again, thanks for coming. Pleasure is mine, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to chat. And, you know. Well, let's 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 kick this off. Let's kick it off with again your your story. You know your story of how how you got here. To the United States, I'd love to share that, and maybe you know you could tell your kids this this story as well. I'm sure they they've heard it a few times, huh? Yeah, maybe a couple times. So um, I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago, born and raised. Um, graduated high school at like 15, and started to do um, went was going to University of Cambridge, doing advanced levels back in Trinidad, um, and you know after that, that was a two year program. Um, you know, I started to play basketball at 15 also. So I'd just been starting to get basketball, but I was, you know, tall, long, athletic, can shoot it. Um, those are those are good, good, uh, good pieces of the puzzle to put together, although I'd never played. But I started to play basketball, picked it up, started to train with the National Under-19 team um, back in the day, a long, long, long time ago. And uh, I was fortunate that someone was in Trinidad 
um, on a mission trip and saw me play and was able to call back to college and say, hey, you guys should check out this kid. He's, you know, six, seven, you know, athletic, could shoot it. And, you know, I, I, I got on the phone with, with the coaches after it took, you know, that was back in the day, right? So there was no cell phones. I mean, literally the coach was trying to call me, I want to say, you know, for, 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 for about four, three or four weeks. And we just miss each other. You know, you call the home phone, I'm not home. I call back, he's not at the office. So um, we finally set up a time, was able to connect. I was like, I'm staying home tonight. Just call me anytime tonight. And he offered me a full ride to, to go play at Benedictine College in Kansas. And, you know, smaller school, but a great academic school, you know, great program, basketball program. So I literally packed up at 17, you know, left Trinidad and Tobago and came to the U.S. Had never been to the college, had only talked to the coach and, you know, I grew up in a house of, you know, my parents and I had two brothers and one sister. I was the eldest and my parents were like really strict on books. So they heard free school and it was like I came home and my bags were packed for me. Like, yo, we don't have to pay for school or oh, you're out. We'll see you when we see you. You know, so just just really big about academics and, you know, love the idea. Big in sports, too. But the academics always came first. Um, so I came out here to Kansas. I remember landing in Kansas City and, you know, they sent this guy to pick me up. Didn't even know him and driving about an hour out to Atchison, Kansas. And, you know, that's how I got to the U.S. And, you know, it's history. Had a, you know, a great basketball career. I uh, studied computer science and math. And then, you know, also a minor in business. And, you know, I, I, I went to school there for four years. Um, as I said, I had a good career. I had some opportunities to go play overseas. But, you know, being a foreigner, um, it was 2000 when I graduated. So I was um, I started to do interviews because as a computer science major back then, there was quite a bit of opportunity. I mean, I'd interviewed at Xerox in Rochester, New York, Sprint and a couple other companies. And, you know, I got an offer, you know, back in I said, you know, you graduated in May back in October. I had an offer to take an engineering job. So I took that job. I mean, the big thing for me was, hey, we're going to pay for your green card, which you know, that was that was enough for me. So I decided not to go play, you know, overseas, but but take that job. And, you know, so I did that uh, for several years, was a tech lead at Sprint, left up, led up some of their applications. Um, then my manager and director, they started a company, literally quit Friday, called me Monday, had lunch Wednesday. I quit Friday and go over and start this company, which they later after about several years sold to a public company. And then I did a startup by the name of Digital Sports Ventures, which was in a sports world, but I negotiated all the rights for video for the top seven BCS conferences. Um, it was called Digital Sports Ventures. And in the peak, we syndicated, you know, this was back in, you know, 2007. So, you know, 1.5 million video streams a day was a big deal. Now people are doing that by the hour. Well, um, this, like this stream right now, right? I mean, we're, we're, I think we got at least that many people looking at this, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. At least, at least. Um, we're more joining every minute. The waiting room is full. Um, but yeah, so we, um, you know, just really fortunate to build that company, um, get a foray into sports and tech, which is two things that I'm really passionate about. And then, um, you know, was able to start being one of the founders of Shot Tracker. And here we are today. Yeah, well, you know, I think look, your your the journey is it, it it's is is unbelievable. You know what you've been able to do so far, and then, you know, you came on to this idea, you and 
and, and Bruce um, at, at Shot Tracker and, and, and had this idea, which, you know, was so intriguing when I met you, but you were already a couple of years into this thing, right? Yeah, we had already evolved, right? So, you know, the story is we started off like, you know, Bruce reached out to me. He was trying to work out with his kid in the back and was like, how do you track? Now, one of the things I left out is that, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I was a little bit of a shooter in, back in college, but I used to have the little. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Go well, check the stats. I, I think I still got my number one ranking my senior year. But right. you know, I um, you know, I mean, I was putting up five hundred to a thousand shots a day, you know, because I stayed on campus. I didn't go back to Trinidad because I knew I wasn't gonna get any workouts done there. Wait, wait, I got, I got to stop you for a second. So I, I hear the ball bouncing outside of my house, and my son's out there shooting. So you said five hundred. I gotta write this down: five hundred to a thousand shots a day. Yeah, he does that as well as all my nephews. You know, Dylan, Jake, and Daniel. Those guys, like I, I tell them all the time, they got to shoot, and they and they say they they sound. I sound like you know my dad, who used to always tell the tell them you got to play more, you got to play more. But that's what it's all about, right? I mean, whether it's basketball or or in business, you got to just yeah, keep. I mean, you got to get your reps up. I mean, no matter what it is. I mean, you know, even I mean, you can you can use non-sports related things, right? You have to be. It, it's got to come natural. It's got to be comfortable, and that's one of the things that iterations and reps give you, right? Like, you know, when you get into a shot, you practice this shot like every. I mean, every kid in the backyard has five, four, three. I mean, every kid has done that, right? And getting those reps is important. So when you actually get into the game whether that's on the court, on the field, in the boardroom, you know, it's like, it's natural. And, and you don't even have to think about it. Because when we think, that's when we make mistakes, right? You want it to be right. so organic and so natural. I mean, when I'm doing presentations, I'm running through those presentations. Like, I know the material at, like, the back of my hand. And I've gone through so many iterations. I don't even have to think about it. I see the slide and right. I know what I need to say. So, um, I mean, reps is everything, man. And it doesn't only apply to sports, but... You know, it's, it's about consistency and reps. And, and that was something that I was, you know, I was able to do being an engineer. You know, you, you, that's your thing. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, it's it's and it started off like that. And he was like, hey, what did you do? And I said, look, I used to track in a book. I used to I didn't have technology back then to do it. So we started off really as a consumer product for the backyard, but then made that transition when we saw what's going on in the market. And there's this whole phenomenon about hey, kids are playing so many games not enough reps, not enough shooting, not enough backyard time, just getting perfecting your shot. And we saw that dynamic and we decided to make the change. So by the time I think we were presenting at the, um, you know, Steph and Steph Curry and Iggy had um, invited us to the Players Summit. And that's where we met, you know, for the first time. But we had already made the transition to make this more of a, you know, empowering and, and training the teams and then being able to use the data that we can make available to broadcasters and fans and really changing the whole level of engagement. Well, what was so intriguing to me, and I mean, I'll, I'll never forget that time in San Francisco when we met and you you stepped on the stage and not only did you have Steph Curry and Andre Iguodala, but you know, it was a small room, but there were NBA players like crazy in that room. There were other, you know, other execs, um, but it was, it was, there was a lot of, a lot of guys in that room. And the one thing I remember you talking about is how, you were able to do something really hard yeah. and the really hard thing was to be able to inst in actually install a sensor yeah. inside of a basketball. Absolutely. And, and, and I'll never forget that because, and you said, well, you're like, it's not just, and then you, and you, the one point that I'd love for you to talk about now is it's not just one brand. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, one, you know, it's a little bit of rocket science. And, you know, at this time, anytime I get in these situations, I like to give credit to, to our team. We have a group of incredible individuals. So, like, I may be the face here and you're seeing me, but just know that, I mean, I got an army behind me that are, you know, well-equipped, intelligent, smart, and, you know, smarter than me. So, I mean, we got a lot of incredibly smart guys who, you know, could just solve these rocket science types of problems. So, um, yeah, so it's not, so in the NBA, they use one ball, right? But what people don't understand is that in college, uh, let's say KU, for instance. So KU has is an Adidas-sponsored school, but they use Wilson basketball because Wilson is the basketball of the NCAA, right? So in March Madness, they use a Wilson ball. But KU, who plays in the Big 12, at home they may use a Wilson ball. But when they're going to play against West Virginia, it's Spalding ball they're practicing in two days before. When they go play against um, Texas A&M, who is not in the Big 12 anymore, but they're in Adidas school, uh, uh, Texas Tech is under armor. Texas is Nike. And, you know, so it's, it's just this hodgepodge. So if you go in a locker room at a collegiate level, you're going to see literally four to seven different basketball brands just sitting there. And then when, when KU is going to play Australia or Italy or wherever in their summer leagues, they got to use Molten. Right. So, I mean, it's just all across the board. So one of the biggest accomplishments is the fact that we can say that we have, you know, our sensor in, you know, pretty much every collegiate basketball that's used. And, you know, that's, that's a big accomplishment. And as I said, it's a testament to, you know, the folks who sit in the shot tracker offices, um, I'd say a little bit of luck. Uh, I got I got some black eyes through this process. We should make this like a drinking, um, so <laughs> so we can really talk about it. But you know, it was tough. It was challenging, and there was many times that you want to give up. I mean, imagine trying to get your sensor as a little startup in some of the largest brands. You know, who are like you're not even on their radar in regards to the things that they need to do. So I mean, that was like you know a lot of prayer. <laughs> A lot of prayer, a lot of a lot of begging, a lot of luck, and you know we're fortunate and really blessed to be in this position. So once again, I, I just want to want to want to stop and 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 thank Davion Ross for for joining us here on our seventy six Capital Leadership Series. Davion is the president and co founder of Shot Tracker, and we've been having this really great conversation about you know how you were able to get a sensor in the ball, but why let's, let's at this point right now, let's talk about why do you want a sensor in a, in a basketball and what that allows you to do and what that allows shot tracker to do that no other company in the world can do today. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, there's people who have tracked players. Um, you know, one of the things that we try to really focus on and when we think about our strengths is, is a certain level of speed and accuracy. Right. Being able to. So if you think about it, when we blink, it's about 300 milliseconds. Right. When we blink and you know how fast we blink. Right. Um, if you think about it, we're able to capture data, do you know our algorithms and move that data to, you know, the cloud from a location to the Amazon servers, back to whoever is your, your telecom carrier, back to your mobile device in 200 milliseconds. Right. Like that is that is major. Again, you blink 300 milliseconds and we're doing analysis on that data and bringing it back down in less than, than 300 milliseconds, 200 milliseconds or less. Right. So, so that's, that's science. if what that's as you were saying, that's like rocket science. Yeah, that's that's piece of the rocket science. Right. So 
So when we think about that, that that's a lot of stuff they need. Now, why you want it in the ball is because if you can, what we do is we track players and we track the ball. So when you actually track players and ball, and you actually have, we have the XYZ or the location of both within two to four centimeters, you could juxtapose that data and then you could start inferring who has possession of the ball. When you have possession of the ball, you could start doing a bunch of different analytics. You know, I could tell you, hey, Wayne has the ball, and every time Wayne has the ball and goes on the right side and he passes to Davion, he now has an assist. Or maybe Wayne passes it to Davion and Davion passes it to Chad. Wayne had the hockey assist. So when you have possession of the ball, you could start doing this analytics that would give you insight about what's going on in the game all in real time that could allow you to change the entire dynamics of what's going on in a basketball game. So that's, that's one of the powers of having sensor, ball, and the full ecosystem. And that data that you're collecting in less than a blink of an eye, yep. that information is then shared where? So right now, so there's a couple, couple you know, there's a few places it's shared. For one, um, I don't know if, you know, people notice, but this was the first year, uh, the 1920 season was the first season that the NCAA allowed technology on the bench, which that's a pretty big deal, right? I mean, the NCAA has been around for a while and that was the first year and we were very fortunate and feel very fortunate and blessed to be, you know, to lead that charge as one of the first. Um, what that meant is that we, you know, they didn't allow the electronic transmission of data to the bench area. So you'd, you'd see people with, 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 with um, whiteboards and that type of stuff, but you'd never see them on a tablet. Now we're able to push that data to the tablet to help coaches infer exactly what's going on, make great decisions. Um, we also have been able to provide that data to the broadcast partner. And this is where speed and accuracy comes in, right? Because, I mean, a broadcast may be six, seven seconds behind and being able to do some of that stuff. I mean, we're, we're actually slowing down our data, you know, for that time frame, right? But we're able to do stuff um, with the broadcasters um, to really enhance that whole experience, whether it's data, whether it's who's on the court, all these things that they would traditionally do manually. Now we're just feeding them data that's going into their systems that they can use to really complement and enhance the experience. Um, and then, of course, you're, you're, with our partnership with Lairfield, um, that takes the data to another level. And this is even more important because, you know, when you're at the game and you're looking at the video board and you're looking at the game, if there is a big delta, you're not going to even partake of it. So that's where our speed comes in even more, where there's things that we can do to enhance that experience when you're on the video board and the game is going on. And that's something we get excited about um, because we think that there's going to be some really interesting things that we could do with fans um, while they're at the stadium. Not sure when that's going to happen next, but when they're at the stadium and even when they're not at the stadium, whether it's a three-dimensional game cast or just enhanced experience um, from a gamification perspective to make it fun. So you've been able to do some really revolutionary things. Again, getting data um, to the bench, to the coach, to the coaches. I remember, I'll, I'll never forget it. I was in Kansas City with Chad, and we were we had Ralph Sampson with us at the game. Yeah, and, all the Classic, 2018. And, and 2018. And it was amazing. Yeah. The, and, and one of the games, one of the uh, USC, the USC assistant coaches, I think we were together when this happened. So one of the yeah. USC assistant coaches – basically said, you know, they, so at, at the four minute timeout, they get that piece of paper with the stats and they literally gave the Heisman 
to yeah. the, the person who was handing them the stats because they had it on their on their tablet. Yeah, they know like literally what's going on game by game, how it's going, how we're scoring. I mean, look, we're going to try to push the envelope even more in 2020. Like, you know, this year we got a pool for stats. I mean, we're already working with our partners to ask for video incorporated in it. So now not only are you going to be looking at the box score, but if Wayne is just drugging my team, you know, he's got nine threes and, you know, he's nine for 18. All nine are coming on the right side. The other nine are coming on the left side and he missed, right? You know, and, and Davion's guarding him and Davion comes out. Coach is going to be like, look at what's happening. He's only going to the right, right? And see sequentially video of every one of those threes and without human intervention, without a delay. So, like, we're going to really try to push the envelope in regards to what we do and, and how we provide the data and the level of data that we provide on the bench. So we're, we're excited about that. Well, look, you're hitting on all the exciting things, right? I mean, at 76 Capital, we're all about looking, you know, investing in entrepreneurs that are passionate about what they do, that are smart, that are nice. I mean, if you can't tell that Davion's a really good guy, then, you know, keep watching. We'll, 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 we'll give you some more of that. Um, but he also has this really big idea to really change the game and change the way things are done in, in, in basketball, whether that's on the collegiate level, um, in the NBA in the future, who knows, right? We'll, we'll try, to, try to move there. And, and just all the, all the great things that you've been able to do. So really excited to have Davion Ross, the, the co-founder and president of Shot Tracker on our 76 Capital Leadership Series. And Davion, one of the things I want to get into, and I think one of the great things that you're, you've been able to do in the sports world is develop incredible relationships at all levels. And one of the relationships that I know that you cherished um, as much as any other relationship was your friendship with the late NBA commissioner, David Stern. I'd love to hear a little bit about your, your relationship with him, how you met and what it was like to, to be truly his friend, not just one of these, I knew David Stern, like you were, you guys were friends and that's pretty incredible. Yeah, you know, uh, that's heavy on my heart, man. David was, um, David was a close friend, you know, and and um, I remember when I got the news, it was it was rough um, because you know I literally used to talk to David at least three to five times a week, you know. Um, I mean, we'd be texting like eleven o'clock at night. The dude never slept, and he just had so much energy. Like he was so sharp, and you know. So I'll take a step back. Like how David and I met. So you know, I'm an entrepreneur in Kansas City, and um, you know, I'm all about helping entrepreneurs. So if, if an entrepreneur reaches out to me, hey, Davey, we need X and I have it or I can talk them through a situation, I'm, I'm always open to it because, you know, I'm very fortunate to have people who have done that for me and I take that to heart, right? And you know, just wanted to pay it forward. And as part of that, I have a friend um, who was running the Techstars um, cohort here in town, um, actually through Sprint. And he asked me to be a mentor. So I decided, yeah, I'll be a mentor. And as part of that mentor, you know, when we were raising funding, they said, hey, if you're a mentor, you should talk to Techstars. So we went through the process and talked to Techstars, just really reputable firm, yeah. uh, not necessarily focused on sports, but had an appreciation for what we're doing technology-wise. And I remember them saying, look, you know, half of us love this, half of us don't really worry about sports, and we have this thing that we got to be unanimous. So I was like, you know what? I get it. They said, however... We want to introduce you to a firm out of New York, Greg Croft. So I get on the phone with Greg Croft, and uh, the gentleman said, this is interesting. We'd like you to speak to David. 
I'm like, David who? Um, it's like David Stern. I'm like, Kamesh? He's like, yeah, he's one of our interns. I'm like, one of your interns? Okay, that's cool. And you know, you've heard David before. He's like, yeah, and his business card, he actually put intern on there. <laughs> so I remember it was Toronto um, All-Star Weekend. And it was the first All-Star that he wasn't there. But he set up a call with me. All I remember is Toronto was like really, really cold, the worst. And he set up a call with me that Friday evening at four. So I got on the phone with him, stepped out. I'm in the hallway and we're talking. And he's literally just like punching me in the mouth, grilling me. And if you if you know David, that's his style, right? Like the first thing he says to you is like, it's going to either be derogatory or, you know, about your mama. Or, I mean, I'm just kidding. But it's that bad. Like his whole goal is like, boom, in the mouth. Are you still standing? Okay, we can work now. So literally we went at it, we went at it, we went at it. And I'm, I'm one who, I don't really care who it is. I'm not backing down, right? If I believe in something, I'm going to tell you how I feel. And, you know, if you can't respect that, then David, like, appreciated that. Right. So that set it off. So at the end, he said, okay, that's all. I like you. Come see me in New York. And that was it. And then hung up. So I'm like, Okay, that was kind of strange how we close that off. But like after just going at me, going at me, going at me. So then he, um, then, you know, I sent him a note thanking him. He added Linda, who is was his assistant for a long period of time. Just amazing. And I think it was either next week or the week after we went up and see him in New York. And he was like, you know, I, David liked the opportunity of being able to touch the game without really being in his commissioner role. And that's where our relationship started. and. You know, he was just very instrumental in how we thought about it. He really challenged us. Like, he really challenged me to be great, to be better. I won't say be great because I, I don't know if we're great yet, but we're, we're, we're aspiring to be great and to be better and really push, push me and us to, like, think about stuff differently, think about it at a different level. Like, he was, you know, I've been around a lot of people who are smart and intelligent, but David could see around, like, three or four corners, like, like I had never seen in my life. Like there are things that even come into pass and doing now that, you know, is part of our discussions. And, you know, we, we built a really cool relationship, texting all the time, talking all the time. Every time he sees me, he's like, give me a hug, big guy. And, you know, I got really, really close with him. And, you know, he was just very instrumental in, in how we got here. And so that was really sad for me. It was really rough for me. Um, you know, even my son was like, you know, my son is six, but like, I remember it was New Year's Day and I'd already gotten news, know what was going on. But my son saw it on TV. And I was like, daddy, because like literally I'd be on the phone with David, you know, with my son in the car and he'd say hi or, you know, he's like, daddy, your friend David passed away. And so that was that was just really tough, especially going through things like you're going through now where the sports world is so impacted. And I mean, he was just such a genius as it relates to dealing with just crises and, 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 and crucial situations. If you think about everything that, I mean, this man made the NBA, you know, what it is today, right? And if you think about everything that he had to deal with from, you know, the fights to, you know, people rebelling on the dress codes to, I mean, like he's, he dealt with so many different situations. And, you know, I just feel very, uh, I feel very, very fortunate and blessed that I got to get that close with him. And, you know, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful. Very, very, very grateful. Well, look, I mean, I, I think, you know, one of the first times I got to meet him uh, was because of you um, yeah. and, and because of Bruce and because of Shot Tracker. And, yeah. you know, when we became an investor with you, he had already been an investor and was an advisor. And, and you know, that, that 
when he spoke at our, um, and, and I got the opportunity to interview him at our 76 Capital Innovation Conference in yeah. November. Yeah. And the whole time I'm up there, I'm defending you. You know, he's like killing Shot Tracker in you, and you know, yeah, yeah. in a loving David way. But I was like, wait a second, these guys are. It's funny because after that, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, what? I was like, man, people think you hate me. He's like, come on, you know that's how I show my affection. They know that. I'm like, no, they don't. They don't know our relationship. So I literally walked into the car and I'm like, dude, what are you doing, really? And he was, I was like, he's like, don't worry about it. They know that's how I show my affection. I'm like, they don't, but it's okay. It's fine. It's still good. But yeah, no, I mean, it's funny because people came up to me like, dude, are you okay? I'm like, I'm like, look, if he's not like punching you in the gut, he doesn't like you. I mean, that's that's just how he is. I mean, and and you know, he he was amazing, man. He was great. Yeah, I mean, it, so if David were here today, hmm. and we're in the middle of this really terrible coronavirus pandemic that's going on, and sports are shuttered right now. We all know sports will be back. Yeah. What do you think David would say right now? <laughs> the funny thing, he'd be like, you know what? You're effed. <laughs> that's, that's what he would say. That's what David would say to me. Like, you're effed. And then he'd be like, all right, let's figure this out. Um, right. I think he would say that, um, look, I mean, this is unprecedented. We know sports is going to come back. And he'd push us to think about ways that we can capitalize on sports and become more um, revolutionize how sports is consumed. You know, I, I mean, David was always very, um, you know, he was already a step ahead of everyone in regards to revolutionizing the game, right? Which is evident based on his history. Um, but, you know, he would tell us to, look, you got good technology, um, this too shall pass, but, you know, you're gonna need to like tighten up things, restructure things, figure out how you're gonna do this and use this as an opportunity to, you know, to continue to penetrate the market and, and literally grow your stronghold. Um, you know, it's funny you ask that question because I, I have, uh, I personally have been in a, you know, what would David Stern do, you know, type of just mindset, you know, um, because he's, he, he used to embark so much, so much knowledge on us that, you know, even, even Bruce, Bruce was like, what would David do right now? And so we, we, we say that very often because it just forces us to get out of where we are today and start thinking about how do we transform ourselves to be a better us and to be great. That was one thing about David. He, he always knew what bus, buttons to push to be great. And I, I can't tell you guys a full story, but I actually turned that on him probably a week before he actually went into his coma. And it was one of those situations where I said something to him. And he was like, you don't get to say that. That's my role. <laughs> and it was one of those things where I was like, well, hey, you tell me, you know. And I, I, I wanted him to do something and he was a little hesitant. And I literally, and he looked at me like, we spent way too much time with you, uh, which, which is kind of cool to, to, to play that back on him. That's and the amazing thing is he did it, right? And yeah. it was even, what even more... I know, what could you say, right? It, when then we're in New York at Radio City for this for this unbelievable memorial that that, that the yeah. NBA and Adam Silver and many others put on for him. And that little thing that you pushed him on got finalized that week. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, you, you have amazing stories and, and just so, so glad to have you on our 76 Capital Leadership Series. And you also have been able to get someone else who was uh, incredibly impacted by David, almost another one of his David's sons, yeah. um, having, having Magic Johnson involved with, with Shot Tracker. How, how did that happen? Well, so Magic Johnson. Irvin. Did I call him Irvin, right? That's what. Yeah, 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 Irvin. Um, so um, the relationship with Irvin spanned from, you know, a friend of mine who made an intro to his director of investments. And uh, he got really excited about what we're doing. Um, and uh, it was one of those things where, you know, our technology is really powerful. But until you, like, see it live, you, you, you almost don't get it until you're like, whoa, I just shot. And that ball just went through the hoop. And. Nobody did anything, and it just recorded here all in real time. And whoa, there's the dot, right, of where I shot from. So I think that probably was the same for you, right? You got it, but when you came into our facility and you guys were just shooting around, it just changed the whole like, wow, this is real. And I, I, I had to, I had to bring my brother and all his friends. We were, yeah. were in Kansas City for an Eagles, uh, Eagles game. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was you know, but you know, to this day, that whole group of guys are just they were mesmerized because they're shooting and they're looking on the iPad and they're like, Oh my God. Like, Absolutely. yeah. So we had that situation and, you know, Irvin, uh, magic, um, him and his director of investments, they were in Chicago. And as you know, you know, you're in the Midwest already got to go out West. And he came in and, uh, we set up a scrimmage. Um, you know, I have, uh, uh, uh I call him my little brother, but he's a close family friend who plays with Illinois. And I remember he was 15 at the time. And uh, I, I called his mom and said, look, pull him out of school. Don't tell him anything. And literally what we do in our offices, we have, you know, 10,000 square feet. It's a big old warehouse, but you have 5,000 is office. And then another 5,000 is um, another 5,000 is, is a basketball court. Um, and so we literally brought him in. So could you imagine like people walking into hoop and you look in the conference room and this big six, eight dude is, is there in like a purple and black jumpsuit, sweatsuit. And they're like, what? It's like a double take, you know? So uh, he came to the offices, saw what we were doing. And uh, when he left and he saw it live, he was like, wow, I want to be involved. And, you know, he's been incredible. He's been an incredible partner. Um, he's just such a great dude. And and him and David is bond. Like, if you think about how they, they revolutionized, like just the perception around HIV and AIDS and that type of stuff, um, they did that together. And it was so cool to see you know, to hear him speak at David's memorial. Uh, it was just just an incredible time, man, with, with incredible people. So I feel, as I said, man, the word I always use is blessed because if you'd have told me this this kid from Trinidad, you know, that, that was going to get a full scholarship, come to the U.S. and then have, I mean, I started to play basketball. Like, I remember because of Magic and, and, and Michael Jordan, right? Like, those are the two guys that I looked at. I used to watch. I mean, we didn't get a ton of games in Trinidad, but I would beg my parents to stay up late just to watch that game. I traded my Friday night to be able to watch the game. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I started to play basketball and to think that I'm able to, you know, have a relationship with those guys again. It's it's a blessing. I'm, I'm very, very fortunate. That's that's incredible. It's, it's incredible again, you know, and that's one of the things I think that, I'd, I'd love to have a couple more questions. I know we're running a little long on, on got to get back to your kids, but right, I, right. I, 
you know, your wife's going to be going crazy, but re real, real quick. I apologize. I apologize. No, you're good. You're good. I love, I love to hear how you've been able to develop these relationships. And, yeah. you know, I think that I'd love to hear, maybe you have some tips or some strategies as to how you've been able to do this because you, you, you truly, you say Davion in the sports industry and you don't have to, you know, you're like a one name guy, you know, in the, in, which, which is, which is really impressive. And, and it's, and, and, and as a businessman, right. As a true businessman in the sports industry. And it's one of the things that we, you know, truly believe at 76 capital that the opportunity is the biggest industry in the United States over the next 10 years will be the sports industry. And, you know, people like you are, are the leaders of that. And, and so how did, how did you do that? Well, I'm almost blushing. Um, so, you know, I mean, for me, I don't necessarily, I think about it about, you know, one, I mean, just being authentic, right? So, um, you know, with me, I mean, you get to say me, whether you're, you know, on camera or not, right? I'm, I'm going to have fun and I try to be good with people. So I try to be really authentic. and. Um, just build relationships based on that. And, you know, I'm not afraid to go shake somebody's hand, intro, get to know them. If you get that opportunity, you have to take it. Um, you know, the thing about it is, is I also try not to, I try to think about it from their perspective. Because most times when you walk up to people, the first thing you think is, what do you want, right? right. And some people approach it like, hey, I'd like to, it's about me. And I try to not necessarily make it about me. Um, you know, indirectly, you know, you have something that you're trying to accomplish, right? So you have to find that 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 balance. Um, you know, the other thing is that I, if I can be helpful, I will be helpful to anyone, right? Whether it's introduction or if there's something. I mean, there's things that, you know, Magic's and Irvin's and his team has reached out to me like, hey, Davion, do you have a contact here? Absolutely. You know, so I, I think that, I mean, I try to reciprocate the relationship because I think that that's really powerful. And, 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 and I don't try to reciprocate it because, oh, I'm going to call on you for something, right? It, it all works out, you know? And, and so I try to, you know, if I can do right by people, I'll try to do that. If I can lift people up, I'll try to do that. I think those are important things. And, you know, if you can have that demeanor, I mean, I think you end up starting to attract people. And, you know, look, I, I'm, I appreciate you calling me a leader. I, I feel like, you know, I... I you know, I have had, I have been blessed to learn from some amazing people, like just getting you know, firsthand slaps from David Stern in regards to, hey, David, I got the situation. How do I handle it? So, I mean, in, in my little way, I also try to pay that forward, which, you know, resonates well. And then just try to work with integrity. Um, I mean, that's a big piece about it, right? Like, just really try to work with integrity and, you know, build those relationships, interact, try to do right by people. Yeah. Well, look, that that's what it's all about. And that's one of the big things why we are doing these leadership series. I want to, we want to hear these, you know, these little incredible nuggets um, to be able to, you know, help others to, to be great because we believe at 76 capital that there'll be companies like Amazon and Facebook and Google's of the sports industry, because what do people love to do, right? They want to play sports. They want to go and make their kid the next LeBron or Michael um, or Serena Williams. Right. And then the third thing is they want to watch sports. I don't know what else other people do. That's yeah, I think now we're seeing that, right? Like, I mean, people are going crazy to, to see what is happening with, like, the NFL draft reinventing them, you know, themselves for, you know, from, like, a virtual online streaming. We see, 
Um, I was so excited to see the, the 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 viewership on the WNBA draft, which you know probably hasn't gotten that viewership before. I mean, that was incredible. I mean, you've got I mean, you've got like the Okomiki, you know, Shanae and those guys. Now they have three sisters in the WNBA. That's that's unheard of, right? So, I mean, like, look, people are eating up sports. Sports is a is is part of our fabric, part of our DNA. And that's what, you know, gets me excited. But, you know, sports as we see it historically is going to be very different, you know, going forward. And I think although it's, it's, it's it, you know, we can look and say it's sad, it's different. But you also have to look at, like, you know, as a, as a, as a society, there's incredibly smart people that are going to reinvent itself. I mean, a perfect example is, I don't know if you've seen DJ Nice with the, like, uh, Club Quarantine, right? Like, that dude did an Instagram live field DJing and had hundreds of thousands of people dancing in their living room. And, like, uh, and we're going to see all these types of, you know, you're seeing the NBA doing, you know, esports. I mean, look, it's in, in times of adversity, you know, you're going to have people who sulk about the adversity and you're going to have people who take the adversity and turn it into innovative solutions to really change the game. You know, which one are you going to be? Right. So, and that's how we have to think about this. And, use this adversity to get better, get stronger, so that when, you know, the floodgates open, we're out there, we're ready to fight, we're ready to execute. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. And and that really leads me to to my final question of our of our 76 Capital Leadership series is what will the future of basketball? What will the future of sports really yeah. look like? Yeah, no, I think that um the future of sports is going to be um, it, it, it's it's a it's a it's a big question, right? Because you know I'm trying to think, you know, future as in the end of this year, and then you know, like really long term future. I think that it's, you know, we're going to be much more connected. Um, you know, with the evolution of five G. I mean, look, there's a few things going on in the landscapes that it will really change sports, right? So you think about, you know, nil name, image, and likeness. That's a big topic. Deal. Uh, you think about PASPA. Um, you know, that repeal and the proliferation across all the states. Um, you think about 5G, right? So you think about 5G and MEC, so mobile edge computing. Those are two things that I think will really impact how we consume information, what we consume, etc. So those are like really, really, really important. And I also think that, you know, UWB, like, um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Apple actually put a UWB chip, which is a technology we use in your mobile devices, which that starts opening up a bunch of opportunities. So when I think about the future of sports, I think about those five things that will impact the landscape. We'll be able to bet anywhere, you know, because of the repeal. Um, you're going to see athletes. I mean, these it's crazy to see how, you know, I take someone like Zion Williamson who went into the NBA or went into college at Duke with millions of followers already. These high school kids are doing that already, right? And now with NIL, they're going to be able to capitalize on that before they even get to college and go to the pros. You think uh, right. the kid that just went to directly to this development league in the, in, in the G League versus going to college. Yep. When I think about all these things, I think that you know um, we're going to be much more connected. Um, the stadium experience is going to be unique um, post-corona when we get over that. You know, during corona, um, I think – you know, there's going to be an experience in the home that will be a little bit different. So, I mean, I think all these things are going to play a critical role in, in what sports look like. Um, I think one of the things that we've, we've been talking about a while is like AR and VR. 
And I think that you're going to see some emergence of, you know, those two types of technologies as it relates to sports, because, you know, especially with, with Drew and Corona, right? Because you may not have fans in the stands and right. you know, people are going to want that more live experience. So I think those are the technologies, those are the frameworks, those are the things that are really going to change sports into this next leg of growth. And you're going to see new startups coming in. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to be a more connected, you know, sport. And the, the in-stadium and at-home experiences are going to be much more complementary and much more real-time as we go forward. Well, that's an incredible answer. And, you know, and sports will be back. And we're, we're, we're super excited to have had, you know, Davion Ross, the co-founder and president of Shot Tracker on our 76 Capital Leadership Series. Davion, thank you so much for taking time um, out of your night and, and away from your family uh, to, to join us on this. It's been, a, it's been fascinating. And, I, you know, our, myself as well as our whole team at 76 Capital want to wish you a lot of luck. Stay healthy. Stay safe. And uh, once again, thanks for joining us. Pleasure is mine. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a great night, everybody. Yeah.